The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformational Healing, with your host, Dr. Bonnie Morrow. There are a variety of techniques for hands-on healing that can help you move closer to your vision of good health. In our program, we discuss both the business and science of dealing with different aspects of the healthy community with specialists in various energy practices. Now, here is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. Hi, welcome to Transformational Healing. This is Dr. Bonnie and we want to shout out and say hello to the world. We're glad you're out there. We know that you're out there when we get our report that you're listening. And also, we'd like to shout out to Wyoming and Arizona today. Hello, Wyoming. So today, we have a very exciting guest. Her name is Melissa Watson. And she is the National Director of Free the Girls. And she was introduced to Free the Girls through social media in 2010. She lives in Arizona with her husband, Mac, and their two pit bull rescues, Cody and Sonny. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm excited to be here. Good. So tell us a little bit about how you got into Free the Girls and what that is and so forth. Well, Free the Girls is basically we're about economic empowerment for survivors of sex trafficking in developing countries. Specifically, what that means is that we provide job opportunities and job training for survivors of sex trafficking to help them re-enter their communities and, and the workforce once they've been rescued from sex trafficking. So we're not a rescue organization. We come alongside some really great established organizations that are rescuing women and help them provide programs and services that provide job training, education, and employment. That's a big need for some of women coming out of trafficking. You know, and I know that it's, it doesn't feel like there's trafficking in my uh, subdivision, but there's trafficking in my city, isn't there? There is, and there may be trafficking in your subdivision. Uh, while we work in developing countries, there's tra- trafficking is in, in a global concern. It looks different in every country, but in many ways it looks the same. It's slavery, and so it's modern-day slavery, and it, it affects the small town right up to the big city. In small towns, it, it could look like um, people working in the restaurant or service industry, nail salons, hotels, but it can also look like girls being sold online by traffickers in this economy, a global economy, in a very web-driven um, world. There's so many ways that that young girls might be introduced to someone who's going to manipulate them, and then there's so many ways for them to then be sold and, and, and trafficked in different ways, whether it be labor or sex. Uh, you know, I saw on the news, and this has been some time back, but I do think about the girls. There was 
250 girls taken in Africa, Nairobi, I think. School mm-hmm. girls taken. And I suppose that was where they were directed. That's where don't, they were directed. Yeah, probably. I don't know, but probably, huh? Right. There's so many different, um, you read about all kinds of different news stories, and you're never sure whether um, when there's a hostage or kidnapping of, of someone, whether that involves trafficking or not. But many times it does. In the programs where we work, particularly in El Salvador and Mozambique, Girls are sometimes kidnapped, other times they're sold by their families, or they're manipulated by gangs that control the neighborhoods they live in to enter into trafficking. And in developing countries, the average age of entry into trafficking is 8 to 10 years old, and it tends to affect the poorest people of the world. Um, So by the time that they're rescued, they they have little education or employment experience, and that's really, for the girls, what we work with are trying to provide that reintegration and the part of the healing that that involves being a part of your community. There's a, you have mental health needs and physical health needs, addiction recovery, but employment is what allows us to live in our communities and, and to provide an employment opportunity that's a viable long-term solution rather than going back to the streets when that's the only thing you know. That's, I admire you, uh, a job well done. So, Bonnie, can I talk about bras? Because that's what Free the Girls is all about. Yes, please. So, what we do in our job program is that we provide women jobs selling bras. And that sounds like a very strange option. But in developing countries, the bra is a a niche market that um, commands the high dollar in secondhand clothing markets. They don't have, like, a corner store or a Walmart the marketplace, the street market, is what drives their economy. And so the bra demands a high dollar in that market. It also allows women to work exclusively with other women. That's who their customers will be. And what better item than the gently used bra that women in Western countries, particularly in America, have extra zugs in the back of their lingerie drawer that maybe they don't wear anymore because it it doesn't fit, or maybe it never fit, or it's ill-fitting. Um, I can tell you I've had five bra drives, and every single time I find a bra in my drawer that I bought at some point along the way, and now I'm like, it doesn't fit. Maybe maybe because I've gained a little weight, maybe because it, it the strap falls down on it when I wear it, but whatever that is, I'm betting that you, even you, Bonnie, have a bra in your drawer that you don't really wear, but what do you do with it? Well, love it if you sent it to us. <laughs> yes, that's that's right. And usually it ends up in, up in the trash or, or something like that. So right. an opportunity for it to be put to good use is exciting. And it's an opportunity for women to really have a tangible part in helping another woman maybe a world away. And it's a great place to start in, in thinking about being in what we call an everyday abolitionist and getting involved, involved in the abolition of modern-day slavery. Those are exciting words, everyday abolitionist. And so Isn't that's it? what we are. Yes. Yes. So, And an everyday abolitionist doesn't have to, uh, you know, we sometimes I think we think of when we're doing something with uh, like combating modern-day slavery, that it either we have to go big or go home, that you can't just be involved in small ways in your everyday life. But Free the Girls knows that 
life doesn't work that way. Becoming an everyday abolitionist is simple, and it doesn't require you to give up all of your spare time or make some endowment-worthy type donation. You can do small things in your everyday life to become a part of abolishing modern-day slavery. Oh, amen. Amen. So, um, what does human trafficking look like in the countries where Free the Girls um, works? So, uh, in Mozambique, which is where our original pilot project was and where we started, it was our original program, girls as young as 8 to 10 years old would be lured into trafficking in a number of ways. Perhaps they were sold by their families. Perhaps their families sent them off with someone who promised them um, schooling in exchange for working in a household. And maybe some of them were kidnapped. So by the time they reach their early 20s and they're being rescued or coming out of trafficking, because unfortunately by that age they're not as valuable, um, in this global economy the minor girl is, is definitely commands the highest dollar for sex trafficking. And they come out of, of trafficking and rescued with, with children. So they have a lot of needs. And so that's what it looks like in, those, in that country. Whereas in El Salvador, which is in Central America, uh, the girls coming out of trafficking are, are sometimes considered criminals. They were involved with gangs, but they didn't freely join those gangs. They joined those gangs um, out of self-preservation for themselves and their families. And when the gang demanded them to become what is called a gang girlfriend, they did it in order to save their own lives, maybe to protect younger siblings. And again, when they're rescued, they have a lot of emotional needs and and physical needs and children. So they, again, need a way to be able to support their family once they're rescued from trafficking. The last country we work in is Uganda, and women there that we work with are internationally trafficked. So we're talking about women who already were adults and had a job, and thought they were dealing with a supplier maybe in China that was going to supply them, say, drapes or something, whatever their business was. They flew there to meet this supplier and cut out the middleman. And when they got off the plane, their papers were taken from them. Um, they, and they were basically kidnapped, beaten, and, and made to work in, in sex business in those countries. So it looks very different in, many, in different countries depending on where you are in the world. And... Can you tell me, and I, I don't know if you can tell me that or not, but how are they rescued? They're rescued in a number of different ways. Um, there's out, street outreach, which is a, probably the most dangerous way of rescuing, but it's definitely it's probably most common where girls on the street are contacted by rescue organizations and just they just talk to them, tell them there's options. They don't, they don't re-traumatize them by kidnapping or taking them. Some organizations that are working with local law enforcement will actually go in into brothels and, and do busts, um, and they're rescuing minors out of those situations, and then the minors are placed into the custody and care of these um, humanitarian organizations because they can't usually go back to their families if they don't even know where their families are, many of them in, in, in some instances. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And what does human trafficking look like in the United States? In the United States, it looks a little different. I think probably the biggest disservice to what we think human trafficking looks like, particularly sex trafficking in the United States, was the movie Pretty Woman. If you've ever seen that movie, take everything you 
thought you learned about prostitution from that movie and throw it out because none of it's true. Prostitution is much uglier and much more violent than what we see in that movie. Perhaps the only thing that's true about that movie is that young girls aspire to be actresses and models, maybe move to a big city to do that. Um, And that having an older boyfriend seems like a good idea, particularly for girls who come from broken homes. And so in the United States, you're seeing girls enter at about the age of 12 to 14, which is still extraordinarily young for a girl um, to be having sex. And let's, let's be clear about that. They're not having sex intentionally. It's rape because they're minors, and we don't afford minors the um, legal ability to make that decision for themselves. Uh, an adult may not have sex with a minor, and under the law, that's a crime. It, it doesn't, there is no such thing as consent. So it, it looks a little different. Um, they may be from a small town in America where they encountered a boy who became their boyfriend and ultimately lured them into having sex with his friends and then passed her off down the line to, to a true trafficker in a bigger city. And, in, and through coercion and threats of violence to her family and often getting girls addicted to drugs and alcohol, they're able to control her and keep her from running away. A lot of people think that prostitution is a choice because it looks like the girl could run away, but she doesn't. She just walks the streets or does whatever her pimp tells her. But if there's a little, so much uh, manipulation and uh, almost a cult mentality to keeping girls in line that it, it doesn't, again, look at all like what we thought we saw in the movie Pretty Woman. All righty. So let's take a quick break, Melissa, and we'll be right okay. back. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Welcome back. This is Transformational Healing, and this is Dr. Bonnie 
At the moment, our special guest is Melissa Watson, and she's talking about Free the Girls. And c- Melissa, can you tell us how this got started? Absolutely. It's probably one of the most frequently asked questions about our program. How do we come up with the idea that gently used bras could help provide job opportunities to survivors of sex trafficking? Well, in 2010, Free the Girls founders Dave and Amy Terpstra were getting ready to move their family from Colorado to Mozambique to become missionaries with World Venture. And Dave traveled there in advance several times um, looking for opportunities and leads for this social entrepreneurship work that he would be doing through World Venture. You know, he'd be working with vulnerable populations from street children and street boys to human trafficking survivors. So one of the purposes he had in mind in those advanced trips was finding viable businesses that would help provide job opportunities and support for those programs. One day while he was there, he saw a street vendor walking around with an umbrella. And from the umbrella were hanging used bras. I don't know about you, but if I saw that, I would be curious if that was actually a viable business to sell bras, used bras particularly, not something we typically think about buying used in the United States or Western countries. So Dave did some additional research, and he found out that bras are considered a luxury item, and they command top dollar in the used clothing markets in developing countries like Mozambique, where they would be moving. And he thought, you know, if we're going to do something to help create business opportunities for women trying to build or rebuild their life after prostitution, why not choose something that can make them as much money as possible and resell something that women in the United States would happily give away for free? And that's where the idea for Free the Girls was born. That is wonderful. And so how long have you been the national director? I, well, I became involved with Free the Girls in 2010 when I volunteered to have a broad drive with my local Sarastamus club. In 2012, I was asked to be on the board of directors. And in 2013, um, I made the decision to come on as the national director and, I, and so I've been working as an appellate prosecutor, as a lawyer, for 15 years. Um, so I made that leap of faith and came to Free the Girls in 2013 as their national director. And it's been a fantastic experience. And so it's something that started out with being something I looked at as a volunteer opportunity. And it's turned into not only my career, but, but really my passion, my life's passion. Isn't that interesting how... Uh nature works or God works in our lives? Absolutely. Sometimes when people ask me, what's the best thing I can do for my career? Perhaps somebody coming out of college or, or starting out in their, in their career. I always tell them, find something you love to volunteer. So it doesn't have to be your job, but do something to give back to your community. And my experience is those are the places where you find your passion and find your reason for working and living and that definitely has been my experience. That's, I agree that with that. Healing touch is my passion. Healing other people. But it's, it's a matter of service. Yours is service, is. mine is service. So how many bras have you collected? So since 2010, we've collected over 500,000 bras. Half a million Whoa. bras. Wow. Wow. Half a million. Okay. A lot of bras. Yes, and, and those bras came from women all around the world, particularly in North America, in the United States and Canada. Um, 
We've had over a thousand registered broad drives, and I would guess probably two or three thousand unregistered broad drives. People who had broad drives and sent us broads just because they heard about us and they decided they wanted to help. Um, yes. So they're just, and those are just regular women. Um, sometimes they're clubs or churches, sororities, um, small businesses. Other times they're just a group of women in maybe a neighborhood or, a, or you know, a social hour thing. They brought up the subject, started talking about it, and decided they wanted to get involved. You know, um, I have collected, I, I asked our water aerobics group at the YMCA, you know, how long it had, has it been since you cleaned your bra drawer? And I was telling them about it, and uh, so they they were most generous. And this morning, just this morning, I was at the dentist, and we were talking about the uh, my show, and they said, well, what's it going to be on? I said, it's going to be about Free the Girls, and it's going to be about collecting bras. Oh, she said, well, let us know. We'll do it here. So, you know, it's on and on. It's wonderful. I think, Bonnie, it sounds like you might be becoming a bra lady. And that's happened to me as well. Everywhere I go, I, I might show up at a restaurant for a meeting with my, my local service club, and somebody will have dropped off a bag of bras for me. My own um, doctor's office got to talking to me about what I do for a living, and they became one of our permanent third-party bra drop-off locations listed on our website. So anybody in Phoenix can say, Where's there a drop-off in Phoenix? And they find my doctor's office. Um, that, and it's in big and small ways that people get involved, but it doesn't take a huge commitment. It's doing things that are very easy but meaningful in your own life. And your water aerobics group is a perfect example of that. Yeah. They are so, they just, you know, well, how, how long are you going to collect? Well, I don't know, another week or so. So, and on, on, and on we go. Another week or so you say, but I, I bet you, Bonnie, you're, you've got the bug, the bra bug, and six months from now, somebody may bring you a bag of bras. Yeah. <laughs> Drop them on my doorstep, right? Right, right. And, and that's okay. I can handle that. So, you can handle that. But if somebody has bras and maybe they can't drop them on your doorstep, it's super easy. You can go to our website, freethegirls.org, and you'll find the address on there under where the give bra information. It's an address in Chesterton, Indiana, where we all bras go, and they are sorted and boxed by this awesome group of volunteers that we have in Chesterton, Indiana, through the Doomland Community Church, who provides us free space to re- not only to use their address to receive bras, but to store packages and then open and sort and pack and get them boxed up and on pallets, and then they head up to Chicago where we have a partner that stores them for us for free until they're ready to until we're ready to ship containers full of bras. So anyone anywhere listening to the show can put you know two bras in an envelope, send it to us the cheapest way you can, or maybe you collect with your book club and you end up with twenty or fifty bras to put in a box. And again, just send it to us the cheapest way you can and send it to Indiana and we are super excited to receive any quantity. Thank you. That that is great. I didn't realize that you could send a couple of bra it's like send them to Indiana. Don't put them on my doorstep. <laughs> That's probably exactly. Don't give Bonnie your bra. She'd rather you just send them directly to free the girls. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So what does it mean when you say the demand for sex anywhere is the demand for sex everywhere? 
What do you mean by that, Melissa? We live in a global economy, and now more than ever, international travel is accessible to just about anyone. And so whether we're talking about someone who's traveling internationally in what's called sex tourism, seeking to have sex with maybe a minor girl, which is a little a bit harder and the, and the punishment for it in the United States is a little bit harsher than in other countries, or whether we're talking about traffickers that are looking for human slaves, for people to work, either labor or sex. All of those things are made easier by living in this global economy where connectivity through the Internet and international travel is so accessible. So you can't just talk about eliminating sex trafficking in the United States without talking about eliminating it internationally. And likewise, you can't just focus on eliminating it internationally and think that it'll go away in the United States. If there's demand anywhere in the world, it affects all of us. That's a demand everywhere in the world. Do you think that the demand has increased with multimedia or has it always been there and we didn't know about it? It's always been there and we didn't know about it. I would say that five years ago, I never would have thought of myself as an abolitionist. In my mind, like many people in the United States, I believed that slavery ended in the United States in 1865, and that was it. And with the end of slavery in the United States went the abolitionist movement. But that's not true. All that happened in 1865 was that slavery, particularly in the United States, went underground because it was no longer legal. And what it looks like today is different than before, but I can tell you this. Today, there are 27, I think they have 27 million slaves worldwide. That's more than any other time in recorded history. More slaves than were slaves during the African slave trade in the 1800s. 27 million? 27 million worldwide. And of those, 50% are children, 70% are female. There's at least 300,000 children prostituted just in America every year. And at any given moment, there's 2 million children involved in the commercial sex trade around the world. According to the U.S. Department of Justice, they estimate about 2 million children at any given point in time. Oh, that's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. But the reason why it's so prevalent is that worldwide, Shared Hope International estimates that, that prostitution or sex trafficking is a $32 billion industry. And the United States accounts for about half of that industry. It's very wow. profitable among criminals. That's because it's a, a prosecutable offense here in the States, right? So they go and outside the States? Not necessarily. Not all women are, um, who are prostituted or trafficked in the United States come from outside the United States. Some of them just come from small-town America. The real difference is that it's very profitable in terms of a criminal enterprise. In the past, we, we had a war on drugs and a war on, on illegal guns. And the thing about drugs and guns when you're selling those on the street is you can only sell them once. But once you sell your drugs and you sell your guns, you have to get more drugs and more guns to be able to sell more. When you're selling a girl for sex, you can sell her over and over again. So if you could, the average price uh, in America maybe is $100 for a girl for a trick. 
And if you can make her turn 10 tricks a night and you have eight girls working for you, um, you know, that's $40,000 a week. That's several hundred thousand dollars a year. And it's a lot easier when you just, you're dealing with girls that you can control, manipulate, versus trying to get a supply of drugs, maybe, say, from Central America or Mexico. Yes, I am, I am almost speechless with the figures that you've given me. So, you know, I have a friend who says, well, I want to deal with the, I want to help the girls that are in the houses, you know. So perhaps what she needs to do is just get involved with the Free the Girls Right, and Free the Girls works internationally, but it, there's lots of, uh, if you search for your local anti-trafficking coalitions in your own communities, you'll find out what's being done there. And I can tell you that Free the Girls is no different than any other organization working in anti-trafficking. Our biggest needs are resources. And that doesn't just mean money, but it certainly means money. And we are a nonprofit, and a donation to us is tax deductible. But it also is human resources. Free the Girls has four part-time staff. We all work from our own homes, on our own home computers, with our own cell phones. But we have over 100 volunteers across the United States, with probably 75% of those volunteers in Indiana helping pack and store bras. But we have volunteers that do things from social media to providing graphic design to working as uh, what we call event concierge. So when someone registers a broad drive on our website, we have volunteers that will reach out to them, answer their questions, help them promote their broad drive on social media. So, and we couldn't do it without volunteers, and that's a resource. So there's lots of ways to get involved, and of course, we couldn't do what we do without bras. So having a broad drive or having a bra and buck drive, as we like to call it, where you collect some bras and some bucks, that's a great way to support us. I, I agree. That's wonderful. Okay, uh, we need to take another quick break. We've gotten to visiting with this interesting subject, so, but we need to take a quick break, please. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. 
It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Hi, welcome back, and this is Dr. Bonnie. Uh, Welcome back. Today we have a most interesting subject that is near and dear to my heart, not just because I'm wearing a bra, but uh, Melissa, (laughs) can you tell us, I think you said most of these ladies have children by the time they decide to change their lifestyle. Yes, many women rescued or escaping Sex trafficking come out of trafficking with one or more children. Usually those children are actually a product of being trafficked. Um, so they have some significant needs not only for themselves but for their family. I agree. I can understand that. So what does it mean to be rescued or to be freed or to reintegrate into society? When a survivor is rescued from sex trafficking, many people think that's freedom. They've they've found it just by being rescued. But at Free the Girls, we know that rescue is not the same as being free. Freedom really has a lot more to do with being reintegrated back into your community, to your family, to society, and taking care of all those needs that many of us take for granted. That includes getting your kids into school, maybe getting some education and job training for yourself, and finding employment because it's really hard to support a family without a means to support your family. So all of those things are part of that road to what really is truly freedom, which is being able to live your life as your own without depending on someone else or without being manipulated by somebody else. So rescue is not freedom. Rescue is the first step on the journey of freedom. Interesting. Interesting. So do these children, boys and girls, are they welcome back by their uh, family of origin or not? It depends a lot on the culture and the country. In some places, um, we, we see this in some places in Africa, Women are considered marked once they've been involved in sex trafficking. Whether or not it was their choice to be involved, which I would say 99% of the time it's not their choice, their communities consider them marked and want nothing to do with them. Their families feel that way about them too. So a lot of times they're starting out and basically building that family structure and that support, community support system from scratch. We work with some great partners that provide that type of support, safe houses and aftercare programs. 
So when their family of origin isn't want to be involved with them, they we have after we work with aftercare providers that are helping them provide and that structure. Other times, particularly in Central America, the family of origin um, is happy to see their their child back, and the and the child feels obligated to help support and protect their younger siblings. So it's not always true that the families don't always welcome them back, and it's not always true that the family's happy to see them back. It, it really depends on the culture that they're in. Right. And I do understand that. So can you tell me, how does the average person get involved in the abolitionist movement? There's a lot of ways to get involved in the abolitionist movement. I would say the first step is to educate yourself. There's a lot of ways to do that, a lot of resources for that. One of my favorites is a book called Refuse to Do Nothing. It talks about all different kinds of trafficking, not just sex trafficking, but labor trafficking and, and child trafficking, organ trafficking. It's a great book. Polaris Project Online is a great place to find about, out about trafficking in your own state in the United States. What? Excuse so, me. Say that one again, please. Polaris Project. And how do you spell P-O- that? It's P-O-L-A-R-I-S. Project. Okay. The, another thing is becoming a conscious consumer about the brands, the products, and the type of foods that, that you consume in your own household. Do the, do the suppliers of those products have a clean supply and labor line? You can research those in lots of different websites online, like freetowork.org. That's like free, the number two, work.org. Um, a lot of people don't understand, as we're coming up on Halloween, that, that most of the chocolate, the, the sort of big-name chocolate in the United States, does not have clean labor lines. They, their supply of cocoa comes from the, um, the western coast of Africa, where children are used in the production of, of cocoa. And so finding out whether it's just the chocolate that you like to eat, which who doesn't like to eat chocolate? We're all women, right? Um, right. <laughs> is it clean? Is it clean chocolate? Is it, is it slave-free and fair trade? Um, or are, they, or are the companies maybe undercutting and pay, not paying as much for their, their cheap cocoa to make this chocolate that we consume in the United States? That Being a conscious consumer is probably... The biggest way to become involved in being an abolitionist, because when you don't support companies that don't have clean supply lines, whether it be labor or the the raw materials that they make the products with, then you're saying it's important to you, and they'll eventually change their practices when enough people demand clean supply and labor lines. It's happened to companies, and I hope it happens to lots more companies, because there are many companies that have things made in made in Asia, and, and they don't pass the, the sort of sniff test when it comes to looking at how they run their factories. Another way people can involve, become involved as abolitionists is that when you see something that you suspect is not right, when you see a girl traveling with an older man and it looks like they don't have a relationship or that she's being controlled, she's scared, she's not carrying her own paperwork, you don't have to confront them, and it's probably dangerous both for you and the person who is being trafficked if you do confront them. There's a human trafficking hotline in the United States. It's a free toll-free number, um, 888-373-7888. You can search it on any smartphone, that human trafficking hotline. You can give tips. You can just concerns or suspicions. 
and they'll take it from there. They'll ask the right questions. They'll talk to local law enforcement or the right part of local law enforcement. Um, and, and they're confidential. You can remain anonymous. You can also call them if you have a concern for someone close to you, your own family member. Um, it's a great resource for people not knowing quite where to reach out in their own community to call the national hotline that knows the right resources and the right people to connect people with when you see something that you think might be suspicious. And, of course, let's see the girls. We say the best way to get involved in abolition is, is to have a broad drive. Start the conversation with your friends or become a fundraising ambassador. It's easy to do, and we actually will let you create your own personalized page on our website that then you can share by email and social media to get your friends involved in being everyday abolitionists. You know, I like the word abolitionist because that's, you know, I I probably don't go down to the plantation and free the slaves, but this is something I can do. Yes, you know? right from your own home. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, um, let's see. What else do you would you like our listeners to know today, Melissa? Well, um, I think what, one of the things that uh, people often think is that it, that prostitution is consensual. And I think that's really part of educating yourself is un- to understand that even when it looks consensual, it's not very manipulative. And, and one of the things I'm passionate about in, is ending demand. It's not just about getting the traffickers and putting them in jail or rescuing the girls. It's also about the johns about the men, because let's face it, primarily when it comes to sex trafficking, the demand for that is driven by men. It's about getting harsher punishments for men who are, who are buying sex online, um, particularly when they're buying with teenage girls. And so contacting your legislature, asking for sharper punishments that put them in jail longer. Also, like looking at your local prosecutor and saying, you know, I want to know who in my community has been arrested for solicitation of sex. Uh, it's called John shaming or stop the John. Um, a John may only face maybe a couple months in jail. Maybe you'll get deferred and you'll never go to jail at all. So that's not much of a de- determinant from going out and buying sex. But if a John knew that his wife, his children, his coworkers, his neighbors, people he goes to church with, would find out that he was soliciting sex, that's a big deterrent. And I think we need to go after demand, particularly in the United States, to end sex trafficking in what we see in the United States. That That's a wonderful thought. So it's called John shaming? Right. Making sure that men who are arrested for soliciting sex know there's real consequences, not just jail consequences, but that the community won't stand that happening in their own community that for people soliciting sex. So how can I find out who are the sex predators uh, in my neighborhood? That's the problem. Unless you're a convicted sex offender in most states, there's no way to find out. But you'll find there's places, Colorado Springs, San Bernardino County, Chicago, that regularly publishes lists of men who have been arrested for soliciting sex. So I would start with your local prosecutor asking them, I want to know who's been arrested in my community for 
for soliciting sex. I want to find this information out. I want you to put it out there publicly. Good idea. The pressure from the, from your public from the constituents that elect prosecutors is very significant. And by adding your voice to it, you may think you're only one, but the more people they hear from, the more voices they hear asking for those things, the more likely they are to make a change to yes. give their, the constituents in their community what they want and what they're demanding. And that demand is that we stop the Johns. We stop the demand. You know, on uh, the TV, at, at the news, there was uh, they were having a crackdown on the Johns. And there must have been pictures of 12 men that were arrested, you know. So I guess that's one way of John shaming, isn't it, to put their face on. If they were arrested for solicitation, absolutely. You can arrest a trafficker and put him in jail. You can rescue a girl and get her into some kind of program. But right behind them will come another, another trafficker. Who's, who's manipulated another girl to come in and, and to be able to be sold. And as long as there's the demand, somebody will provide the supplies. And that's how, that's how all criminal enterprise works. But if you get rid of the demand, if you make it un, unpalatable, uh, the demand, and you also help people understand that having sex with a minor is not ever consensual. It's rape. And that we're going to treat it that way and as a community we're not standing for it, that's really where um, that, that, that's really where we're going to destroy trafficking as an enterprise and, and as slavery, what it is, modern-day slavery. And, you know, they thought that they couldn't uh, stop slavery in the 1800s, and people managed to do that. Absolutely. It was... It, and, the abolitionist women of the 1800s were Christian women who decided no more and started putting their voice out there, which in the 1800s was unheard of. But they got that they were strong-willed and they were determined. They got their husbands involved. They got their communities involved. And ultimately, it led to the abolition of slavery as a legal entity in the United States. So, as I said before, Really, slavery went underground then, because then once it became criminal, it became less public, and and we lulled ourselves into thinking that it went away, but it never went away. It still exists today, and exists today in greater numbers than it's ever existed at any time in recorded history. Wow. Uh, Melissa, we need to take another quick break. We'll be right back and wrap it up. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at Transformational-Healing.org. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Hi, welcome back. This is Dr. Bonnie. And today we have Melissa Watson, who is the National Director of Free the Girls. And if you haven't heard Melissa's talk up until this point, you've missed a special one. So go back and uh, listen to it online. You can do that. So, Melissa, this is our wind-up segment. Uh, We don't have too much time left, so... Is there anything more that you want our listeners to know? Well, I'd love your listeners to know that we would love to have them come alongside and be a part of the Free the Girls family. Um, Visit our website and learn more about what we're doing. Think about ways that you want to be involved with us, whether you decide to contact us with some your special skill and and time that you, you volunteer whether you want to involve us as part of your treasure, your giving and tithing for the year, we are a nonprofit and we are tax deductible, or whether you want to have a bra drive for us and become one of our bra drive ambassadors or fundraising ambassadors. Um, We have had lots of bra drives and people organize bra drives, and one of the things they asked for was to have their own personal page on our website that they could share with their friends the details about their bra drives. And this year we launched that, so you can organize your own page and, and register. And when you do that, we assign somebody who can answer all your questions so, and help you make your bra drive page as personal and as fun as you possibly can so that you can share that on social media and by email. So we invite all of your listeners to become part of the Free the Girls family in whatever way they feel called to, to help us. Great. And let's see, you you want to give your um, website again, website address? Sure. The website is freethegirls.org. Pretty easy. All, go ahead. Pardon me? It doesn't have any caps. Nope, just freethegirls, all one word, dot org. You can okay. find us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, we're, we're in all those places. Um, uh, we were actually, I like to say, sometimes we, bo- we were born and live on Facebook. That's where our biggest group of supporters is. That's how I found Free the Girls in 2010. I saw somebody share a link about this organization collecting bras, and it sounded fun and cheeky and kind of silly. 
perfect for a group of women to get together and do something meaningful in their community. And that's exactly what we still do today. Nothing's changed about that. We like to be eternally optimistic and fun in what we do, recognizing that we're working in a very serious subject with some people that require a lot of, of love and healing. I understand. And you recommended a book, Refuse to Do Nothing. Do you know who the author is? Sure. Refuse to Do Nothing, Finding Your Power to Abolish Modern-Day Slavery is the name of the book. The authors are Shaney Moore and Kimberly Yim. And speaking of Shaney Moore, if you're in the Chicago area, we have an event coming up called Brawlapalooza Squared on November 1st, and Shaney Moore is our keynote speaker. So if you go to our website, again, freethegirls.org, and you look under events for Chicago, we would love to meet you on November 1st in Chicago. It's at a place called Pinstripe, where you can play bowling and bocce and hear from a great abolitionist, Shaney Moore. Good. Great. And, and tell us one more time about the Tolaris Project. Tolaris Project um, collects information and stats and provides outreach in the anti-trafficking movement. It's a great place to go and find out the statistics about your own state, to find contact information for local anti-trafficking coalitions in your own communities so that you can be involved locally. And uh, again, what is the... Human Trafficking Hotline? The Human Trafficking Hotline is 888-373-7888. You can also text message them. The text message number is 233-733. But the easiest way to remember the text message number is the letters for be free. All right. Okay, Melissa, I want to thank you so much for what you do and for being on our show today. My daughter lives in Phoenix, so I'll uh, mention to her that she can leave her bras on your doorstep. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bonnie, for having me. It's been a pleasure, and we are so excited to be able to share our story and our solution with your listeners. Yes, and your passion. Don't, don't you. you know, that that's most important, and it comes right through. All yeah, righty, thank Melissa. You so much, thank, thank you so much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow is broadcast live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week.